Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. Welcome to episode 32 of the SJP Wrestling Podcast. Thank you very much, as always, for pressing play and taking the time out of whatever you're doing to listen to the show. Uh, on today's show, we are speaking with Eric Myers, the other half of the GL2 tag team from Evolution Wrestling. We had Eric's partner, Roy Stevens, on a couple of weeks ago. So it's great to have Eric on and complete the set, I suppose, speaking to both sides of the team. Before we get into our talk today with Eric Myers, I just want to say quickly um, apologies for last week's show, um, our WrestleMania 2000 look back with David Eaton being a touch late. That's an error completely on my part. A few technical issues, um, well, I say technical issues, my lack of technical expertise, I suppose, getting in the way with a few problems I had. And the show was roughly a day late. So apologies for that to David and anyone else who wanted to listen to the show. Um, and thanks very much to everyone at the Visionaries Global Media Network for being helpful and understanding and putting the show out the following day. Just very quickly before we get on to today's interview, um, make sure that you're following the show on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. You can find us at SJP Wrestling Pod. Uh, you can find me at SJP Words. And also there you'll find links to my other show at Chain underscore Wrestling on Twitter for the Chain Wrestling show that I do with Mr. Mags, who's also part of the Visionaries Global Media Network with his multitude of content and shows he produces. Go give all our shows and accounts a follow. Listen out for our episodes, um, and I hope you enjoy them all. Okay, we'll now get on to our conversation with Mr. Eric Myers. And as always, thank you for listening. Hello, brother. This is NWA WCW enhancement talent, Randy Hogan, baby. Being in the ring with the Road Warriors, Vader, Abdul the Butcher, Midnight Express and all them guys. Let me tell you, it was... Dang rough, but not as rough as listening to Cyan Mags on that chain wrestling show, brother. What you gonna do when this pair of fools, Cyan Mags and chain wrestling, brother, runs wild on you? Eric Fort Myers, welcome to the SJP Wrestling Podcast. How are we doing? Yeah, very well, thanks, Cy. Yeah, thanks for having me on. No, no, no. Thank you very much for coming on to, and agreeing to have a little chat with me uh, about this crazy world of wrestling and, and your life and journey through it, I guess. Um, before we sort of get into that, something I've been asking everyone I've been speaking to since I started doing the show, um, 
the world is obviously very, very different at the moment than what we're used to. We're living in unprecedented times. Um, how, how have you found the, the COVID issues, the COVID situation with regards to, I suppose, on a personal level and also on a wrestling level? I mean, shows just stopping um, other than a few bits and bobs you've done for, for Evolution Wrestling on YouTube. Uh, how has the sort of change been for you? Well, um, as, as for everyone, uh, kind of a shock to the system. Um, I suppose uh, in some respects, my personal life didn't change as much as other people's had. Um, we're working in insurance, and uh, so it's, it's kind of key work. And um, they do have a skeleton of staff on that uh, work, and they've been doing that. So uh, traveling to and from work every day has kept a bit of normality, um, obviously, in, in these changing times. Um, so that was kind of good to have some consistency there. Um, apart from the wrestling obviously going down, that was uh, kind of the last thing we wanted really. Um, with obviously the gyms being kind of intermittent as well through that time. Um, so with all the kind of positive news coming out of it now, um, really itching to get back to each aspect of exercise and uh, gym work and, and wrestling and looking forward to the time we can get back to providing some proper um, kind of interactive shows. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I suppose it's it's sort of the, the add-ons to the shows not being on as well, isn't it? That some people may not realise, like you mentioned there about the the exercise side of things, the gym and so on. A very important part of many wrestlers' um, routines and um, building towards the shows, I guess. Um, it's something that I suppose a lot of people don't think about it. It's a case of oh, wrestlers can't wrestle, shows aren't on. But it's also that other side of things that potentially is a big part of your life, the, the working out, the fitness side of things, that, that's been took away as well. I mean, I'm, I'm in no position to pass comment on that myself. I mean, yeah. you, you've met me. You, you know, I'm built I'm built more like a dart player than a wrestler. Um, <laughs> the, only, the only time I venture into a gym, really, is if they got a bar. So that's it. Smart, smart. But, uh, yeah, I suppose it's one aspect that some people may not think about it, I guess. Yeah. I mean, they said, uh, you've got to keep yourself active. I mean, recently I've been getting back on the bike and cycling, uh, very infrequently, uh, jogging, which again is not my favorite thing to do, but, uh, keeping yourself in and active with these things. Um, and uh, apart from that, when there has been these, uh, lockdowns have been lifted and gyms have been open, just taking advantage and, uh, keeping some kind of, uh, consistency of what we've been doing. Um, and just really kind of making sure we can have some kind of a physical kind of workout as well. Because uh, it's been, been obviously the line of work, being obviously wrestling, it is very physical. And you need to keep the uh, keep everything kind of uh, pumped up and uh, conditioned and um, ready, for, ready for action. Yeah. And uh, hopefully action will return very soon. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I suppose we can uh, sort of go back to the beginning, I guess. Um, having a little look about your relationship with pro wrestling in general yeah um where when how did you did you first come across the, this crazy world of, of professional wrestling were, were you um much younger as a child or how, how did you first discover this this insane world yeah i mean again it's a question that uh you know casual kind of uh, fans and uh, people i speak to that have no you know kind of uh, interaction with wrestling will always ask me and uh it's easy the, the first thing that definitely comes to mind is uh royal rumble 92 uh, yeah, so I must have been about seven years old, approximately. And um, yeah, just very prominent, the actual Royal Rumble event. Um, I remember some of the kind of uh, the matches on the card as well, a few matches they had on there. 
uh, but very prominent, obviously, with the uh, uh, kind of larger life characters, obviously, back at that time. Uh, obviously, your Ric Flair, your Hulk Hogan, Sid Justice, uh, very, very prominent, obviously, memory as uh, going back to when I first started watching on TV. Yeah, Rumble 92 is a, a great show as well, isn't it? I mean, the Rumble itself being for the championship is quite, yeah. quite a big deal. I mean, it was the first Raw Rumble that actually had a prize. Before that, it was a case of you win the Rumble, that's that. Yeah. Um, whereas it was 93 the following year, which was the first Rumble that the winner got a WrestleMania title shot. So it's the first Rumble with a prize with a vacant championship being held up. And as you said, because of that prize, you had Hogan, you had Savage, you had jake roberts and obviously flair and sid vicious and the undertaker and all that were involved in the rumble itself so i'd imagine as a youngster yeah that would be potentially very eye-catching i guess i mean i'm a few years older than yourself so by this stage i was very much engrossed in the in the project yeah. i was very much this is my my sort of thing so no that's really interesting that that's the show that sort of started it off for you um yeah. Where did you go from there then? Did you have access to the pay-per-views? Did you have access to the weekly TV, whether it was um, WCW Worldwide, I think, was shown in the UK on a Saturday sometimes? Um, you had Wrestling Challenge or Primetime or whatever it was, the WWF stuff. Did you have access to any of these shows? It was quite uh, it's quite sporadic, really. I mean, again, remembering WrestleMania, I think it was eight that year. Yeah. Rightly. Yeah. Um, right. So that was quite prominent as well, with a lot of matches on there. That uh, I mean, they jump off the page straight away. Um, and again, it's one of those ones I've really had a kind of a focus on because watched it so many times. Um, f- from then, um, as lot as, as well as watching TV, mainly pay per views. Uh, I was actually fortunate enough to have my granddad actually take us to Scarborough Spa, and I would say this is probably about ninety three. Um, I think uh, British Bulldog was on um, kind of hiatus from WWE at the time. And, um, yeah, 93, he would have been with WCW, I think. Yeah, so around that kind of time, um, I was much watching the Scarborough Spa, because I don't know who's kind of sort of contracted at the time, but watching him in a tag match at uh, Scarborough Spa. So very new to watching it and very kind of, uh, kind of uh, starstruck with all the whole kind of, uh, uh, kind of, um, kind of show. Then that was a yeah big thing watching him and uh, seeing him at life and uh, in person really kind of uh, um, kind of developed obviously my interest and uh, yeah done nothing to slow down my wanting to kind of uh, be involved and keep watching the the show. Yeah, I understand. Okay, um, so so I mean, was it the bulldog who was one of your early favourites as a child then, or were there others that stood out to you that sort of you, know, you look back now and that that you still got a, an affection for as a fan? Yeah, I think there's always that kind of uh, British loyalty. You're going to uh, kind of uh, cheer for the Bulldog, and he's always come across as a, a very likable character as well, in my opinion. Um, and then the, the kind of forefront of the kind of wrestlers I was really liking were obviously Bret Hart was at the top uh, of that list, and uh, not far behind uh, Mr. Perfect, Kurt Henning. So um, certain wrestlers did uh, pop out. Um, but it's very kind of, I found it very easy at that age to really get engrossed in a lot of the matches and. You know, from top to bottom, there was always something interesting to to kind of uh, take on board. So, uh, uh, Brett at the top, then perfect, and uh, everyone else uh, after that. Yeah, and Brett Hart, fantastic, just so influential to fans and and wrestlers that followed him. I mean, I'm sat here right now talking to you in a in a Bret Hart T-shirt. So, I mean, shit, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm uh, I, I'm 100 on board with the whole Bret Hart thing. The Bulldog. Yeah. Yes, you had the whole patriotic side to it, of course. I was a big Bulldog fan. Yeah. 
around this time when he was um, involved in the Intercontinental title picture with Bret Hart, with Shawn yeah. Michaels and so on, I was probably the only kid um, at my school who wanted the Bulldog to lose because I was, a, <laughs> I was such a big Shawn Michaels fan, even yeah. back then. Um, I, I, was, I cheered when he, he threw Gennetti through the window of the barbershop, <laughs> put it that way. I was a big Michaels fan. So yeah. my mum my still to this day laughs about it and says, I used to always like the bad guys and she thought there was something wrong with me. So, so <laughs> <laughs> but no, Bret Hart, definitely on board of all that, definitely. Um, you say there you were sort of seven, eight years old in 92, 93-ish. Uh, when did you sort of progress into thinking I'd like to give that a go? Was it something that you always had in the back of your mind, even as a child? And I, I suppose as well, the process being you'd have been a bit older when you actually gave it a go. Did you ever fall out of love with wrestling before deciding to train it at all? Uh, in a way I'd say no. Um, I mean, the first um, show I would have seen probably after um, this show in Scarborough Spa was when I was probably 11 or 12. And it was down in uh, Lydney Town Hall. They had a kind of a, a show that uh, visited there. And um, there was a whole kind of thing, stop around after, have a word, depending on your age, you can come do some training. Um, didn't think any more of it after that. It wasn't kind of a, a lack of wanting to do it, but other involvements and maybe that kind of aspect of thinking, well, I'm not going to sign up and to be traveling around at this age to kind of get in, involved in that. Um, as far as coming into my head about actually starting doing any kind of wrestling again after that, believe it or not, I was down uh, living down Colchester for a year when I was about 23, 24. And okay. uh, found obviously some kind of uh, schools online, got to that stage uh, around the Essex area and looked into it. And believe it or not, uh, about 10 years ago, I looked at it and I thought, well, I'm 24, a bit too old to be getting into this now. So uh, I don't think I'll bother. At 24, you thought you were tall? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, if you were in the same room as me right now, I'd slap you. <laughs> <laughs> so. If 24 is too old, I must be. I know. <laughs> well, yeah, no better now, obviously, but uh, yeah, there we go. Uh, okay. Um, so at 24, you're sort of looking into it a little bit. Did, did you actually go to anything then, or did you just literally think, no, I'm a bit old? No, I, I kind of um, I, I just fell back on familiarity, and um, I did judo when I was younger. Uh, so that's more of a kind of a, a contact kind of sport, if you will. And um, for a few months, uh, six or eight months down there, approximately, I uh, joined the club down there and uh, got stuck into that. Kind of went hand in hand with the gym work and, um, yeah, re- re- enjoyed that uh, for all it was. And again, I, I was imagining that the wrestling and actually kind of committing to do that probably just fell out of the uh, the mindset again of thinking, oh, well, I'm doing this now. I'm, I'm doing my judo. Well, uh, I'll stick with this. Oh, okay. Okay. So when was it that you actually did? make the decision to do it then i mean if you're 24 you you say you fell back into mm. old routines and, and something you were already doing and perhaps more comfortable with i mm. guess yeah um how much later in in years was it before you decided no i'm definitely going to give it a go and, and what sort of changed your mentality to make you take that step that at one stage you decided against yeah i mean i i'd probably say i must have been about 29 roughly so we're looking about six years ago um seven years ago maybe uh when my boy was quite young uh, i did do a couple of sessions uh down for fw uh down in swindon um actually done a couple of sessions with uh saint uh taking his classes in the morning um so kind of heavily cardio based but a lot of kind of, uh, kind of technical stuff to do and um yeah there was only two sessions truth be told before again i kind of fell off the radar and uh, I wouldn't say it was kind of 
lack of desire for wrestling. It was just more of a case of with the commitments with the family, kind of just, uh, I suppose, yeah, I guess you could say I made excuses in that sense and uh, took another step back. But it was the first kind of time I really got to actually kind of do anything in the ring, um, you know, hitting some ropes and locking up. And uh, again, the cardio goes along with it. Okay. I mean, you, you say there that it was traveling to Swindon for, yeah. um, for FW. Yes. Were, were you going alone? Was there people you knew there? How, how did you sort of discover 4FW as an option for yourself? Yeah, just, just found it online. Um, just had a look around, obviously, shows and, and what they've done. And I thought, well, you know, you've got to kind of do these things to kind of find out if it's for you or not. Um, and again, made the trip down there, didn't know anyone there. Just met people outside the room before we went in, had a quick chat. You know, and again, I've always found, obviously, with... Uh, uh, especially Evolution now, and even for uh, for FW when I was down there, just very kind of engaging, kind of uh, welcoming people. Um, so it, it's, it just helps kind of uh, get you into these things. So kind of uh, even though I didn't know anyone there, made it very easy just to kind of uh, in, in kind of uh, engage with what we were doing. Yeah, I mean that's that's one of the questions really that I sort of. I tend to ask the majority of people who, similar to yourself about when we're discussing their their route into the business, their um. The, the sort of the way they got involved it, one of the main questions i do tend to ask is about that first session and nerves going in i guess um obviously you say there that talking to people outside settled you down a bit and you felt quite welcome mm-hmm. just before that happened w- were you nervous about this i mean turning up on oh, yeah. your own is, i mean it's not something that i i could see myself doing uh, is why i'm sort of very curious when i hear other people doing it if you know what i mean yeah, absolutely. I mean, for, for, for walking through the doors for 4FW uh, for that session, um, it can, you know, as a kind of uh, setup, it was quite a uh, industrial kind of uh, set out and quite cold. You know, it's early in the morning and it's just it's unfamiliar to you. So uh, you're kind of rocking up and uh, trying to be positive and, and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, a bit daunting, you know. Um, but again, it puts your mind at rest straight away when you meet these people and uh, um, kind of, kind of the assurances there and it quickly goes out the window. Um, kind of any kind of uncertainty. I mean, I'm normally a pretty confident person anyway. Once all the kind of the the, the smoke's lifted, or about kind of uh, anxiety and kind of nervousness is uh, all out the window. And uh, yeah, the same when I went to Revolution, it's the same story. You, you turn up and you're not sure what to expect. Um, uh, but again, as soon as uh, you've got a bit of kind of comfort in that respect, it all, all becomes a lot easier. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine it's familiarity, I guess, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah I mean, you mentioned there evolution. And their their training academy, mm-hmm. um, you say four FW. You kind of did a couple of sessions with, and I suppose uh, to coin a phrase from a previous guest on, on the show, real life got in the way a touch potentially. Yeah, um, saying it. Yeah, yeah. I, I wish I could remember who said that. I'd give them some credit <laughs> for it, but the name escapes me. I do apologise if it's you and you're listening. But <laughs> um, at this stage, are you living? closer to gloucester are you living closer to where evolution wrestling is and those sort of real life factors that made 4fw a, a bit too tricky are they eliminated because of that maybe so yeah it was a trip down there um again if you really want something you, you kind of that's those excuses don't really come into it and um there were two sessions went out the window i mean the evolution i, I never kind of I, I don't know how but I, I missed obviously the fact that uh, where they were uh, and everything else and obviously once I did find them there's like the kind of the kind of interest in doing this properly and I'm thinking how have I not kind of find these, found these guys before 
and obviously there was the interest there just to yeah get down and get a, a session in. And again, in my you know my mind then there wasn't that kind of okay you know life's going to get in the way. It was a case of I'll turn up, I want to do this, no regrets kind of thing. Again, a bit older by then, obviously I was 32 when I started there. If I remember rightly, I uh, maybe 31. But again, yeah, to give it a go and uh, commit to it. And uh, if it doesn't work out, then fine. But if it does, um, just make sure, obviously, you give it your best go. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, again, I suppose a a bog standard question I ask um, each guest on, such as yourself. Yeah. Tell me about your first bump. How, how was that? <laughs> Not as bad as you'd imagine. Um, okay. Again, I've got a bit of experience with judo, so I kind of in my own head, and I think um you're speaking to certain people and you're there they're thinking okay well you kind of know what you're doing here with this um to a certain extent there's always that kind of safety net the training this is how you do it right and this is how we do it um so it does slightly differ but um yeah kind of let's say duck to water because you know the first bump hurts but um yeah wasn't uh, no reservations in doing that um they don't get you to do anything that you're not comfortable doing um so and in my own mind, just knowing having that uh, capability of doing certain things, um, then yeah, again, it's you, you go at the right pace for yourself, uh, what you're comfortable with doing, uh, and with the right guidance to do so. I mean, I was doing the flip bumps on the first night, so uh, um, yeah, I was, I was happy and uh, kind of got a, a good working out, and uh, definitely felt it the next day. <laughs> yeah, brilliant, brilliant stuff. Um, okay, I mean, the, the two. Uh, I suppose the two academies that you attended early on then the the couple of sessions at 4FW and then uh, sort of a more longer period at Evolution Wrestling obviously yeah was was there many was there many differences in how the two operated did you feel more comfortable with one set of teachings compared to the other or, or was it sort of following a similar pattern on both sides I mean tell me about that in comparison between the two I mean, overall, there's always going to be uh, similarities anyway. I mean, I found that the two sessions, be it all just, you know, two sessions, um, very, very much a, a cardio-based kind of morning uh, for you know an hour or so, hour and a half, and then the, the technical side afterwards. Um, that seemed to be kind of laid out the same way both times I went. Um, okay. And again, you, you, you find this. I mean, uh, with Evolution, you, you might have obviously a, a session whereby you've done nothing but cardio. And you've been told when you turn up, that's what you're going to be doing today, and um, and, and likewise, total opposite of that, with uh, you know, kind of kind of heat drills and technical kind of uh, workings to be doing, and and even just working on things you specifically want to work on given the time. Um, again, it's limited what I saw at um, um, 4FW, but again, we've had a big, a big variation of sessions at Evolution, uh, whereby you know, top to bottom. Um, kind of going through all the ranges of uh, uh, kind of drills and uh, exercises that you need to kind of uh, utilize and um, f- for matches and, uh, and training in general. No, it makes a lot of sense. makes a lot of sense. Uh, and with the evolution training then, um, yes. the sort of weekly sessions and so on, who, who were you training with? And I suppose a big question I've asked a few people in the past is who are you being trained by, I guess? Yeah, so um, a lot of sessions uh, when I first started was on a Thursday night, and again they kind of almost kind of moved away from doing the Thursday sessions. It was very much uh, um, everyone would be kind of doing the Sunday sessions, and um, kind of the advanced kind of class uh, kind of people um, were doing like a Wednesday session. Um, so again, a lot of the things I was doing to start on the Thursday was with obviously uh, with obviously Liam Jones, obviously uh, um, wrestling, um, and it was a lot of kind of cardio. 
there's a lot of kind of uh, drills as such. Um, because again, I was almost there on my own sometimes uh, in, in some cases because no one else was down for these uh, kind of introductory Thursday sessions or the already ingrained in the Sunday and the Wednesday sessions. So a okay. lot of my early stuff was with uh, Liam Jones and also uh, David Eaton, who was obviously a friend of the show, I believe. He is indeed. He is indeed. Yeah, I'm very lucky that David uh, spends time with me looking back at old pay-per-views now after having a similar chat about the start of his career as I am with you with you yes. today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, uh, great guest and a, a good friend of the show, David Eaton. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, that, that's that's interesting as well that you, you sort of had very limited, um, I suppose, limited classes i guess with regards to numbers on on the thursday night you so you say maybe one to one or two to one potentially yeah. um i imagine that would have been absolutely brilliant because you're getting far much more i don't know how to word this far much more attention i guess yeah. from the person giving the class and exactly you can find right. you know a lot, a lot more a lot more of the experience of that individual passed on directly to you rather than having it spread around a, a potentially a room of people i guess yeah, it, it, and it, it's invaluable. Um, again, you, I, I've always thought I can progress quite quickly with certain things. Um, so it was a case of doing a lot of cardio-based stuff, which is really helpful. But again, the technical side of things, it was kind of going through certain moves and, and again, working at my pace, really. So that was obviously quick some nights and a bit slower other nights. It was I was going to progress as quick as I could do. Um, and again, um, you've got people there that can just say, that's not quite right that's right um you're not really going around in um almost like on a sunday when there's more people there um you get the feedback but again there's less time to kind of concentrate on each individual understandably yeah yeah definitely um i suppose on on that note i mean i'm very i'm just very curious about the whole training process and yeah the differences from one school to another uh, one academy to another seminars yeah. at different places um yeah. I, I know you've attended um seminars elsewhere i think yes. new, new breed wrestling correct uh, squared circle as mm-hmm. well i believe you've attended seminars at there with different yeah. um different instructors or teachers i suppose for want of a better term yeah but at this stage you've obviously been around the block a little bit longer shall we mm. say um how did you find those at having had the majority of your training time i guess under the evolution umbrella to then venture out and have a seminar elsewhere was there bigger differences you noticed going from one to the other in that instance uh absolutely i mean there always is and again the approach i've always taken with this is to attend these places it's a case of meeting these new people um you know trainees as such as well and obviously getting whatever new information uh, new techniques um, kind of new ways of looking at things from the instructors that are there and um, been lucky enough to go on you know seminars through evolution and elsewhere as you mentioned and again as long as you come away with something you learn to the very least it's worthwhile every single time you do it and again um, that's what um, we started doing before obviously the world turned on its head we had a couple of sessions in early 2000s going away and you know with square circle traveling quite a lot of distance to go up there um, session with obviously Dean Mark and and Marty Jones and again it's eye-opening each time you do these kind of things and um, again on that circumstance that one up there was um, yeah we learned a lot by going up myself and uh, and uh, Ryan. Yeah I mean we'll come to Ryan shortly he was a he, your tag partner um, yes. 
Roy Stevens, what the other half of the GL2, was a guest on the show um, a few weeks back. If yeah. you want to go back and check that episode out, we'll come to him shortly, no doubt. Um, before we progress to that that stage in, in your wrestling career, though, um, let's talk about the, the the first real match. I guess um, was it through the Evolution Academy that you made your first proper in ring debut? I suppose. Yeah, it depends how people class it. Really, um, we. The first show I did uh, was in the summer of the year I started. So I probably can't even work that one out now. 2018, maybe. Okay. Two and a half, three years. Yeah, so 2017, maybe. I don't know. But it was the first year. So I've been training for approximately four months. And I had a match at a kind of outdoor event. Um, in a, it was at the rugby club. I forget where now. In Gloucester. And, uh, uh, would it have been um, St. Bridge, potentially? Possibly so, yeah. It's a very, very hot day. And yeah. um, I had a match with uh, Dave Eaton. Yeah, I remember it. <laughs> only about five minutes. Um, in borrowed tights and in, obviously, my kind of uh, training boots with uh, walking out to a uh, music, uh, well, an adaptation of the song from Moana. So um, come a long way since then, but uh, you got you got to start somewhere. That's right. Uh, okay, so that, I mean, so that was effectively that was y- your first match was yes. on the main show. Then I guess um, a lot of people I speak to sort of wrestle on academy shows first with a much smaller crowd, uh, with more friends and family around, as opposed to the general public. Um, yeah. Did you then revert back to academy shows for a while, or was that it? Then you were off to the races and you're on the main show, and, and, and away you went. Well, this one was kind of treated more. The academy stuff I was doing was actually in the daytime. Um, oh, okay. had, yeah, the main show they had was in the evening. Um, so, yeah, I wasn't lucky enough to get on that one as of yet. So, yeah, truth be told, probably not ready to do so. Um, my next academy show, as you're familiar with, uh, would have been in the September of that year. And so, again, training an extra month obviously did uh, certainly help. And had a couple of singles matches on there. Uh, against Adam Southey, who's been a, a trainee, uh, obviously at Evolution for quite a while now, and uh, a second match against um, Brendan White, uh, which is a bit of a, a shock to be getting uh, a match um, against someone who's been obviously travelling around and uh, pretty well established um, mm-hmm. so early, obviously, uh, um, in, in, in the career. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, that's that's quite a quite a big thing, isn't it? A, a name like that at that level, I guess, that yeah. early on. Yeah, definitely. I mean, were you? Were you nervous going into that when you saw that you'd be you were facing him? Yeah, because again, it's everyone's different, and again, the, the benefit of working with Adam was familiarity, and mm-hmm. again, with the opportunity to kind of uh, chat things through uh, in advance, and it's it's going it's a habit you don't need to be in, in my opinion, uh, too detailed of going into too much detail on matches. Um, definitely try to wean myself off it, and um, a bit more free flowing, if you will. But having someone like Brendan, who was, um, you know, he kind of obviously led everything, uh, very helpful, very direct. Uh, it's exactly what I needed to hear. Um, you know, says the kind of the, the no's and the yeses and um, puts you in the right direction. So uh, in that respect, a bit daunting. But again, having the right person there to kind of say, this is how we'll do it. And uh, yeah, putting the trust in him to do it. And I'm right yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Great stuff. OK. So, I mean, that was um, those those early matches you list there are all. As, as a singles competitor, aren't they? Yes. Um, now, I guess, uh, as we talk here in early March 2021, we're, we're looking at you very much more as a tag team competitor, I think. Yes. Um, 
do you have a preference as to wrestling singles or tag? And it's quite interesting. Again, this is another question I ask on a, on a fairly regular basis to, to the guys I have on the show. And the, the, the answers really do vary. So it's really interesting to, to hear people's thoughts on that. I mean, do you have a preference, singles or tag? And if so, how come? I'd say now I do have the preference for tag. Okay. Who have it now? I would say when it was first starting out and thinking going to the tag stuff, I was very kind of open to doing um, whatever was required. Happy to do singles. Happy doing what I was doing at the time. Um, and then obviously the opportunity to come along to do the tag wrestling. I said, yeah, let, let's do it. I'm, I'm definitely one happy working with obviously Ryan. Um, after obviously we kind of knew each other um, kind of well enough by then anyway with our kind of uh, work in the gym and just outside the wrestling in general. Um, and I was happy to do it and it wasn't much a kind of a, a, a direct love for wrestling like I'd probably say Ryan has um, you know, initially and, and um, more long-standing but again uh, I'm working with someone I'm very good friends with and again that's where a lot more of the interest has come and <laughs> again it's just the, the kind of the, the kind of the minds kind of uh, is always ticking along with different things we can try and uh, engage with. And it's having someone there all the time where you're rolling ideas off and whether it's for yourself or for them or for both of you, um, it's a lot more engaging, I found, um, to, to an enjoyable um, nowadays. Uh, yeah, never was the case, but I would say now definitely the, the tag team wrestling is a preference. Okay, so that's really interesting because... the. The majority of people I ask, again, the answers all do vary different different reasons for, for the answers people give. But a lot of people who have done a great deal of tag and a great deal of singles wrestling, mm. the majority of them do tend to tell me they prefer the singles. Yeah. Uh, and the main the main reason that keeps popping up, I suppose, the main sort of repetitive answer, I guess, that we get is that in tag wrestling, they've got three or four other people, if you include the referee. Yeah to think about about what's going on and who is where and, and so on whereas in singles wrestling it's more so just yourself and your opponent yeah um, is that something that that comes into your way of thinking as well or is it just literally as you're tagging with with rye someone you're very obviously very close to and very friendly with is it easier from that aspect i mean does that not does that enter your mind at all really no, I, I think, um, yeah, it's, it's progressing in time. And uh, again, we're, we're not the finished article at all. We're, we've got a lot of uh, learning to do as far as tag wrestling goes. And because we've lost essentially a year to this, we've not had that many matches under our belt. So um, we always get feedback on, on matches, um, you know, from the people we're with, from the people that watch the matches. We know we've got a lot of learning to do. And so that, that takes over more than anything else. We're focused on getting better as a tag team. Uh, getting more cohesive and getting recognised as a tag team, that the nuances, the kind of the the issues that you might come across, aren't really um, at the forefront of our minds. It's just getting improvement, uh, getting crisp on what we do, and uh, get more established. And uh, um, like I said, cohesive. It's just want to be recognised as a tag team, and uh, that's our focus. And uh, I said the negatives, uh, we're just trying to work them away. Oh, it makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. So I mean, you say now you've been. I suppose wrestling for what you say is sort of three, four years um, on a regular basis. Then, yes, I think, I think it's three years. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Um, with regards to that and, and watching wrestling on the television, and potentially, I suppose, watching old shows that we discussed earlier, maybe WrestleMania Eight um, mm. as an example. Do you view 
what you see on the screen in a different way now that you're actively involved? Uh, do you notice more? Do you critique? Are you, are you able to still watch literally just as a fan and switch off, I guess? It's difficult in some occasions, uh, I won't lie. Um, I, I'm sometimes watching uh, tag wrestling particularly for new moves and uh, positioning, uh, trying to educate myself more than enjoy probably. Okay. Um, and but there's always a time where um, it still happens now where you're watching the show or even some match uh, in particular, and um, it, it grabs your attention. And again, you can slip away and just uh, get engrossed in the match. And if you were trying to pick out bits, you were trying to kind of uh, learn, you just forget about it and enjoy what you're watching. Yeah, I, I can I can fully get on board with that. The um, the shows I do also for for the SJP podcast looking back on old pay-per-views and my other show chain wrestling is very much more. So looking back at certain specific matches, yeah, there are occasions where I've had to watch the same match three or four times. Yeah. I'll, put, I'll put it on. I'll have my notebook out. I'll have my cup of tea. I'll be all ready <laughs> to go. And then halfway through, I realize I've written nothing down other than the date of the match. And <laughs> I've just sort of been engrossed in watching this pay-per-view. I might not have seen for a few years. Um, so I've, I fully understand where you're coming from with that. Yeah. Uh, with regards to, that that sort of thing then i suppose watching watching as an active wrestler as opposed to watching just as a fan mm. um you say about bret hart being someone who you were a big fan of um, yeah he's he's renowned i suppose for being very mat based or the, the sort of technical side of um of, of wrestling uh, the, the wrestling styles that people can i suppose utilize yeah do you notice more from him specifically being your childhood f- favorite? Do, do you have a bigger respect for what he does? Uh, and, and I suppose, have you tried to rip anything off? <laughs> yeah, well, I do a Russian leg soup every now and again. So, uh, oh, yeah, brilliant stuff. And, uh, yeah, I'm not giving that up. If, uh, yeah, that'll, that'll, be, uh, that'll be in the back pocket for a while to come, I should imagine. And uh, it's part of a tag team uh, move uh, myself and Roy do anyway. So, uh, I managed to kind of shoehorn that in and uh, yeah, I'll definitely be keeping that. Um, but yeah, to your initial question, I mean, I, I, I pick up what I can, where I can. Um, again, I've, I've never shied away from doing any kind of style either. I want to be technically sound. I want to be able to um, chain wrestle. Uh, I want to be able to do a bit of high flying, um, you know, kind of be able to be kind of physical uh, in that respect as well. I know not everything suits obviously someone of my shape, size, um, but it's a case of uh, trying to do everything. Um, maybe with a jack of all trains, master of none. But again, it's just to uh, be able to hopefully be able to work in some respect with 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 anyone at any time. Yeah, I think that's quite an important um, an important trait to have, isn't it? Especially if you're going around different companies as well. When COVID is is you know in the background, disappearing, and lockdown is lifted, and, if, and you're going from different places, being able to work with different body types, different styles, I suppose, yeah. quite important um, for you, first of all, getting matches and getting bookings. And secondly, for the opportunity to learn as well. I mean, uh, I always, I, I've got no clue. I'm very much outside looking in and I've got the utmost respect for all of you guys, whether it's be your first match or you've been go- doing it for years because you entertain me, my wife and my children. So I love all of that. Yeah. So I'm very much outside looking in. But I mean, I look at, say, We'll use Bret Hart as an example. Yeah. I look at King of the Ring 1993. His his opening match there was against Scott Hall, and it was very 
predominantly a, a brawling fashion, I guess. His semi-final match was against Mr. Perfect, and it was much more of a, I suppose, map-based wrestling contest, as, I'm, yeah. as you'd imagine it would be with two guys like that. And then mm-hmm. his final match, the, the 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 last match of the tournament against yeah. Bam Bam Bigelow, is very much yeah. big big man, little man scenario. Yeah. So yeah. three three very different types of contest, and. I, it struck me more as I've got older how important that is, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the story aspect of uh, certain things as well. Uh, it's, it's, it's not always the same. Uh, and you said on the subject of Bret Hart, again, um, again WrestleMania ratings obviously want to obviously um, do come back to is the whole kind of a uh, Piper versus obviously Bret Hart was a, a very much a kind of a storied type of match. Mm. Um, and it's just, it, there's never the same story twice. I mean, like I said, he was, wouldn't have that kind of match with Bam Bam. He wouldn't have that match with uh, Mr. Perfect. It just, uh, it, it needed to be kind of different. And um, yeah, it obviously definitely was. Incredibly talented fella. Let's be honest. There we go. Yes. Uh, I suppose with, with Brett in mind then, he was um, very much a, a baby face, very much a fan favourite when I was a kid. But a lot of people yeah. talk about his his best work being just before he left the WWF. Um, he was, I suppose, the Canadian hero, but booed out the building all over the, the US and yeah. the number one bad guy at the time. Do, do you have a preference to work in as... You know the the face or the heel to use wrestling terms. The good guy, the bad guy. Have you, have you got a preference to either of those? Um, it's hard to say, really. I mean, I'm angling towards the bad guy. But again, okay. on the shows I've done, uh, predominantly, apart from obviously a bit of a tease before everything kind of uh, stopped, um, we've I have been wrestling as a face the whole time. So there hasn't been the kind of um, uh, kind of exposure to wrestling as a as a heel. Uh, at any time uh, especially not any amount of time so uh not really kind of uh, garnered that kind of a reaction as of yet um i, I feel like uh, that will be the uh, preferable uh, route to go but uh, time will tell and um yeah i look forward to uh, kind of uh, going down that route soon yeah i, I recently um added commentary on a match i'm not gonna I, I'm, I'm not allowed to go into details it's evolution no. wrestling um the next gen cup you'll see bits of bobs on facebook and it'll be shared on on evolution wrestling social medias they're releasing the matches bit by bit i don't want to talk about any specific details in case i give away any spoilers i'd hate <laughs> to do that to the lads um but there are some heelish actions by yourself in a match I've just literally the last couple of days added commentary to. Yes. So uh, <laughs> I, that, that was sort of the, the reasoning behind my yeah, question because yeah. it did, it did seem to come quite naturally for you. So yeah. <laughs> also, <Thank> you. <laughs> also it's just fun pissing people off, isn't it? Yeah. You know? <laughs> and it's, it's, um, that's the bit we're waiting for is to really kind of engage, I suppose, with a, uh, obviously a live audience. Uh, that is, that's kind of, um, that's the testing part. Um, let's see if you really are going to be hated. Uh, so we did kind of tease it a bit down in Bristol uh, before obviously everything went uh, went awry. And uh, yeah, enjoy the taste. Uh, yeah, want the, want the, the main meal now. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And you say there, you know, you're referring to it as we and, and so on. Um, it's you and Roy Stevens, the, the GL2. Yes. Um when Roy was on the show a couple of weeks ago and we had a little chat about his, his wrestling journey, mm. he mentioned that he stepped away from the ring for a while. Yes. Uh, was, was effectively the way uh, I, I'm, I'm going to paraphrase here. I can't remember his exact words. So if I get anything wrong, Roy, I, I do apologize. <laughs> um, 
he he explained that he 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 kind of had enough and and just stepped away from wrestling as an in ring yeah. competitor. Dipped his toe back in a bit as a referee, and I can remember him refereeing some matches at shows I, I attended. Yeah. Um, and he says it was during this time that it was you who effectively dragged him back in, so to speak. Yeah. I mean, to talk us through how that went, and did it come across to you very much like your your tag team partner? just had no interest anymore yeah i mean it's um he'll tell you better than i will again um you know maybe another time but i think you know from what i could see when i was having my matches and he was kind of talking to me after um i think there's always an aspect of you know him being supportive as a friend anyway and mm-hmm. um kind of giving me pointers and saying that went well um that was good um and i think from my maybe enthusiasm you know coming back through the curtain and thinking i've i really enjoyed that um, it's can maybe rubbed off on them in that respect, and um, you know, seeing other people have that in kind of a uh, desire and uh, kind of enjoyment from doing it, maybe kind of uh, sparked a bit of an interest in him getting back and doing it. Um, that may, may be part of the reason. Uh, you said you pestered him into becoming a tag team. <laughs> 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 I, I, I don't know if that's true, I'll have to go back and listen. On the <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I mean. Oh. Before we get back to, I suppose, what we watch on the television and now, um, let's have a little talk about the GL2. Hmm. Um, talk me through the name, the thought process behind the team itself, uh, and where you hope to be um, in the future when, when lockdown has, has finished. Yeah, so uh, it's a work in progress, as, as we said, and uh, the, the name, pretty lazy. We're both from uh, GL2, so uh, um, initially, we were proposing it as the GL2, which hopefully we'll, we'll push again when we get back. Um, but again, on the matches so far, I just announced that as GL2. Um, it's, it's, it's a little differences, but we'll... Uh, we'll, we'll oh, I like the GL2 as well. Yeah, the GL2 as the GL2 people and uh, obviously where we're from. So trying to get a, a slight double wean in behind it. Um, but yeah, we're, we're obviously still working together. I see they've been a tag team for, you know, by the books, you know, a year and a half, but... Uh, obviously half a year of wrestling so um the benefit we've got is we are friends away from the ring so it's not a case of um you know i'll, I'll see you when everything's back to normal um we're obviously outside the lockdown we are we were going to the gym again we are engaging we are chatting through obviously messenger all the time um you know n- nothing stopped there we go for a, obviously a socially distance uh, jog um but obviously we're we're still obviously engaged in that respect so uh, we're still kind of um on the same page um that part hasn't changed at all and uh, our aspirations are pretty much aligned um we want to kind of progress as better we best as we can um we're loyal to obviously evolution we're sticking around there and and doing whatever we're um kind of invited to do um with the aspiration of hopefully branching out and uh, and testing our um you know in testing our toe in their different waters as well and uh, progressing from there yeah brilliant stuff okay and you mentioned there as well, uh, communicating and stuff and stuff outside the ring, mm. uh, away from the ring. Just sort of bringing it back round, I suppose, to being a fan before I uh, let you get off this evening. Um, what, if anything, do you watch currently? Is there anything that takes uh, takes your your attention now as a fan? Is is AEW something you watch, or the WWE, or anything in Japan? I'm, I'm curious as to what you enjoy now as a wrestling fan in comparison to what got you into it those years ago, really? Um, well, I've still been um, watching the WB product. 
um, you know, certain aspects, a bit of Raw SmackDown and NXT, mm-hmm. uh, depending on what our time for. Um, did want to kind of go back and uh, watch AEW from the start, just to kind of get some, um, you know, kind of get on board at the start and watch it through. But I've been dipping in and out of that as well. Um, again, it's, it's whatever's on TV, and I'll, again, it's just focusing on nowadays. I'll always enjoy one watching because you know any wrestling is good wrestling for the most part when it's on TV. Um, but a case just a case of uh, kind of learning as well. Now it's a case of what I can do for myself uh, rather than just following obviously what watching as we mentioned. So um, yeah, I've watched a lot of that and uh, listening to some of the uh, um, JR podcasts, JR Grillin, uh, when they kind of uh, bring up certain uh, kind of topics. Going back and watch uh, a bit of historic, obviously wrestling on there just on the on the back of uh, listening to those podcasts as well. Yeah, I mean that, that's that, that's something I enjoy as well. My my wheelhouse is very firmly based in, I suppose, nostalgia for want of a better term. That that's what most of my writing is about. Most of my podcasts are about looking back on old events as well. Yeah. So yeah, that's the whole JR's podcast and mm. Eric Bischoff and all these looking back on old shows. That tends to be more of what I watch as well. Um, but it's great to see that you still have an interest as a fan and not just as a an in-ring competitor yourself, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. I mean, as, as we draw to a close here, then um, Eric, just want to say thank you very, very much for taking the time out of your evening to, to come on here and uh, talk this crazy world of wrestling with this, mm. this rambling old fan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> before I let you go, do you want to just let everybody out there listening know where they can find you online on any of your social medias and so on? Yeah, thanks. Yeah, so um, Instagram, uh, a bit of a fledgling account in the underscore GL2 underscore wrestling. Um, it's from Ryan, obviously looking to update that as we go. And again, I'm trying to get him on board for a, a personal account as well. We've got Eric Fort Myers under Instagram and uh, there's a page on uh, Facebook as well, Eric Fort Myers. So I'll try and get him on board and uh, get his own ones as well. And uh, yeah, we'll hopefully look to kind of uh, expand as we go. Yeah, great stuff. I, I strongly suggest people get in and get involved with the GL2 right now. Get involved early, follow their social medias. Hopefully when lockdown is lifted and they start wrestling at Evolution Wrestling, make the, make the journey to catch some of their work there. And if they start traveling elsewhere, look out for their names on posters and uh, go along and watch. Tag Team Wrestling, I think, is a different type of art form and these guys do it very, very well. Um, I'd love to have you back on. Eric, are you yeah. there about looking back at old pay-per-views yeah. that JR discusses? I'd love to have you, we can pick something, something yeah. you've never seen before and come back on and discuss it. I'd, I'd love to do that in the future, my friend. That'd be much, yeah, really, really enjoy that. That'd be, uh, that'd be ideal if you could uh, sort that out. Great stuff, no problem. And you can find me on Twitter at SJP Words. And as always, you can find the show at SJP Wrestling Pod. Give us a follow there. Uh, Eric, once again, thank you very much for your time, sir. And I will speak to you soon. Uh, thank you very much, Simon. Really enjoyed my time here. Thanks very much. No problem. Thanks for coming on. Cheers. Bye-bye. Cheers.